Yes, yesterday was mostly about the surge in crude oil prices after OPEC decided to cut its production surprisingly in the middle of a banking turmoil and the rising recession fears that came along with it. But happily, I say happily, the U.S. manufacturing data released yesterday came to tame a part of that inflation pricing and kept the Federal Reserve hawks at bay. Plus today, the Reserve Bank of Australia decided not to raise its interest rate this month. But what will really, really give us an indication on whether we are now approaching a pirate in major central bank tightening policies is the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's decision that's due tomorrow. So welcome. This is Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk. So yes, of course, yesterday was mostly about oil and oil pricing. The barrel of American crude settled around 8% higher than last Friday's levels after OPEC announced that it will cut its production by more than a million barrels per day. And well, the crude oil closed the session above the $80 per barrel level on Monday. We are now at levels last seen back in January. And technically speaking, the price of crude is now above the 50 and 100 day move averages and above the year-to-date bearish trend, eyeing a potential rise towards the 200-day moving average level, which now stands around the $83.5 per barrel level. Now, obviously, the latest OPEC decision to cut production, of course, spurred speculation among investors that the price of a barrel of crude could actually go all the way up toward the $100 per barrel psychological mark. But I believe that the 200-day moving average level will actually be a solid resistance for now as yes tighter supply from OPEC is a fundamental boost for oil prices and oil bulls as it makes oil scarcer than it already is yet a rapid rise in oil prices also means a break on global growth which would then weigh on the global demand prospects for oil and that could limit the potential on the top side for oil prices so to me your barrel of crude oil is certainly not ready to cost more than or around $100 per barrel by tomorrow, but it will cost more than the previous months. That's pretty much sure. And that's exactly the boost that energy stocks needed, apparently. BP and Shell jumped more than 4% in London yesterday and accounted for a good part of the FTSE 100's 0.54% advance on Monday session. Any in Italy also jumped around 4% in Milano. Total Energies jumped nearly 6% in Paris. ExxonMobil rallied 6% as well in the US as Marathon Oil really did a nice marathon and jumped nearly 10% on Monday's trading session. So thanks to the oil stock rally yesterday, the S&P 500 could actually eke out a 0.37% gain yesterday, whereas Nasdaq, which was not boosted by oil stocks, fell around 0.25%. Tesla in Nasdaq, which announced a record number of car deliveries in the last quarter of last year after slashing its prices to kick off a price war with other EV cars, well, couldn't seduce investors much and tumbled more than 6% at yesterday's trading session. Why? Because the record deliveries from Tesla were barely higher than the market expectation and the company apparently produced around 18,000 cars that it couldn't sell. 
Anyway, Tesla aside, the sell-off in Nasdaq was not dramatic at all yesterday. I mean, Nasdaq could have fallen much more than that yesterday because prospects of higher oil prices means a U-turn, a certain U-turn in inflation expectations and hence an inflation ahead of us, which means further interest rate hikes from the U.S. Federal Reserve, which in return should not actually do good to the mood in the rate-sensitive Nasdaq sucks. But happily, and I say an ironic happily, the rate expectations are not only driven by inflation expectations these days, but they are also driven by the recession worries, which, remember, increased significantly last month due to the banking crisis after several banks collapsed in the US. And while well, yesterday's ISM manufacturing index from the US actually fell further into the contraction zone in the month of March. The index has been contracting for the past four months, but last month's drop was even steeper than the drops that we saw over the past couple of months. And there were, in details, some big, big drops in some essential forward-looking components of this ISM index, like new orders, for example, or inventories and even employment. They said that the components of these components don't really point at recession just yet. So they are kind of okay-ish as we are getting to a healthier place in manufacturing activity after the pandemic turbulences, remember? But the direction is quite clear and the activity is actually softening in the US. So that's certainly what actually helped tempering the Federal Reserve expectations yesterday after the surge that we saw in oil prices and kept the Fed hawks at bay. The US two-year yield actually reversed an early increase and ended up slipping below the 4% psychological mark on Monday. And that as I was saying, certainly help throwing a certain floor under a broader sell-off in the equity prices. The falling yields also get the US dollar to reverse an early week gain that we were seeing in Asia. So that gains were gone by the end of the European session. The US dollar index fell yesterday, letting the euro dollar bounce back above that 109 mark. There's a decent, decent resistance building into the 109.30 level in the euro dollar. But if the US dollar fails to bounce, and that despite the oil rally that we have been seeing since yesterday, which actually spurs inflation expectations in the US and boosts the Fed hawks, then I believe that it won't be a big problem for the euro dollar to pull out that 109.30 resistance and while well, keep rising toward the 110 psychological mark. Still, keep an eye on the US job openings data due today, because if it's still too strong, well, the US dollar could actually gain back some field at today's trading session. Now, in Australia, the Reserve Bank of Australia decided not to hike the interest rates by 25 basis points at today's monetary policy decision. It appears that the latest slowdown in inflation in Australia and the slowdown in household spending actually convinced the Australian policymakers that they could just let this month pass and see what happens to the economy fundamentals. So the Aussie dollar was softer this morning in Australia after the RBA announcement. But keep in mind that the latest hold from the Reserve Bank of Australia today was a hawkish hold. as The Reserve Bank of Australia didn't close the door to further interest rate hikes in the future, saying that 
some further tightening of monetary policy may well be needed to ensure that inflation returns to target. So that's pretty much clear to me still. It's the first major central bank to hold fire since the banking crisis. So that's important. And with the Reserve Bank of Australia's monetary policy decision behind us now, investors are now fully focused on what the Reserve Bank of New Zealand will do at tomorrow's monetary policy meeting. Because keep in mind that even though the RBA and the RBNZ are nowhere close to a Federal Reserve or a European Central Bank or even a Bank of England in size and in global influence, they actually tend to set the tone for the upcoming tightening or expansion cycles for the monetary policies. This is especially true for the RBNZ, which clearly took a leading role in the actual monetary policy tightening cycle. So if the RBNZ announces the end of the tunnel, the tightening tunnel at tomorrow's monetary policy meeting, then there will be a stronger conviction for the Federal Reserve hawks that the US is also maybe approaching the end of that tightening tunnel as well. For now, though, activity on Fed funds futures still gives slightly more chance for a 25 basis point hike at May meeting around 60% chance. Now, after all these serious weeks packed with serious and unpleasant news, like bank collapses, OPEC production costs and inflation and strikes in France and in the UK and all that stuff. Well, it was actually nice to see another jokey move in Dogecoin. So yes, yesterday in cryptocurrencies, well, it was all about the Dogecoin and its 30% price rise. Why? Because Elon Musk's Twitter actually changed its logo from that blue bird to Dogecoin's Shiba Inu. Unbelievable, but true. It is said that the letter is certainly an April's full gag from Elon Musk that came a little late and looks to be lasting a bit too long, but the result is still a nice rally in Dogecoin, which actually pushed the price to almost 10 cents of a dollar. Now, I wouldn't bet on Dogecoin in the longer run in terms of valuation, but for those who are not happy or satisfied with the huge, huge price swings that we see in bank and oil stock prices, well, Dogecoin is still here to spice up a trading day. So this is all for today. I'm Ipek Özkardeşkaya, and thank you for joining me, and thank you for all your beautiful and interesting feedbacks. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, Good day trading.